What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast, presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones, and we are here to bring you another episode during the United States quarantine. But brighter days seem like they are ahead, so that's good news there. And then last week, we had some good news. We had the NFL draft for its real sports-related thing in um, over a month at this point, so it was nice to have some sports coverage on the TV, something live happening in front of us, obviously a little different. We had Roger Goodell chilling in his armchair at uh, at home, giving out these picks. Looked like he was a little slumped there. You know, people with Skype in their um, whatever not or whatever in their living room getting drafted. Not the typical thing, but it was still good. It was something. Uh, what did you guys think of that? The, that aspect, like the uh, the virtual draft, basically. And how do you guys think your teams made out? Honestly, like the drafting on the whole, I thought it was everything we could have hoped for, and then some. Like given the situation that we had, it was it was pretty seamless from a, a viewer standpoint. You know, there was no major like hiccups with technology. There was no you know cutouts, and we didn't hear something or you know pixelated Roger Goodell stuttering. There was none of that. I thought it was pretty seamless and pretty solid considering the situation we're in uh from a viewer standpoint i didn't think it was much different than drafts in the past like obviously yeah we're missing those fan cuts and crowd overview shots and you wish you could have seen all the guys like at the at the panel sitting together discussing shit but at the end of the day like it was it was everything we could have asked for it was a nice break it was an actual live something going on with sports it was everything that we normally get from the NFL draft, the same type of coverage, the same type of talk. It had the same feel for me, just plopping down the couch and waiting for those picks. Uh, there didn't seem to be too many troubles with you know trades and stuff like that. It would, And it was cool to see there was a lot of good content that came out of the the videos of people's houses and and being able to see each team kind of go through their, their stuff. I thought, I, I mean, I, you know, it wasn't perfect, but I was pleasantly surprised with how everything turned out. Yeah, so much could have gone wrong, really. When you th- when you, I mean, the first pick when they did the, the walkthrough, like there was an error with like uh, the Bengals or whatever, I forgot specifically, but they're they, like the first pick, there was an error, and they said the virtual, the test run went, went well. But there was so much that could have gone bad from, you know, just tech, the technology bugs not working, you know, someone not being able to use technology like myself. Um, but everyone, you know, I don't know, like, there was some funny things with it. Like, you know, you see Jerry, Jerry Jones just literally by himself. He's like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm trying. Yeah, there's 250 million dollar yacht. I'm drafting CD Lamb right now. And even though we don't need a receiver, because fuck the Eagles, that's why. And, <laughs> which is good. That it, I mean, if the, Eagle, if, he, if the Eagles got him, that would have been, that would have been huge for them. But, uh, you had Roger Goodell literally drunk. Yeah, he I mean, was hammered by the end of the he, third round. I mean, I can't yeah. blame him. There's a lot of things to blame Roger Goodell for. I, if he's drinking, he's got to read every single pick. He normally doesn't read every single pick, right? Just the first round? Yeah, in person, I believe. It's the first round. I think maybe he'll pepper in some in the second round. Yeah, so this is the, this is the most work he's done in probably his whole life. So, um, it's true. Yeah, why not? <laughs> At one point, he had the card upside down. Yeah, they probably just wrote it that way, though. I saw that uh, picture yeah. going around, but like... People are like, oh, he's reading. He was mumbling can, can and, you read? and He was. Uh, by the end, of it, it was such a cool uh, progression to watch. Like, you know, the first, he's all excited, standing. the first pick. Yeah, he's standing, ready to go. Got a nice, good-looking uh, outfit on. And then by eventually, he's sitting down, looking like he's, a, you know, 1940s, posing for, posing for a Playboy article. Then then he's in a fucking Life is Good t-shirt. Next thing you know, he's laying back. There was one he had like <laughs> he had like his hand up, his fucking leg and knees on the ottoman. Like you could barely see his face. It looked like he was just like as soon as it cut. Like yeah, the fucking kid from USC. I don't know that one. 
<laughs> he was yeah. just ready to be like, "Fuck it, I don't need to, I don't need any of this shit anymore." But I mean, so you know, funny. given the situation, you know, you can't, like you say, you can't blame him. He was all probably, he was probably feeling a little bit of what we were all feeling. So I mean, good on, good on Roger, good on the NFL, good on ESPN. Uh, I think we all needed that those three days, yeah. and it, it real, they really pulled it off. And good on the NFL Network and ESPN. I know, you know, the NFL and NFL Network are technically the same thing, but good on them uh, agreeing to a uh, a co-partnership to broadcast the event together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely worked out well. It definitely worked out well. Who? Um, how did your? How did the teams do? How did the Jets and the Giants make out? I thought both teams had really solid drafts. I think there are definitely things you could say. I wish we maybe would have done this a little differently, or maybe gone a different direction. But I think the main picks, both teams, really hit the nail on the head. I thought the Jets got excellent value with Denzel Mims in the second round at what fifty-eight or fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. We traded down from forty-eight. And originally, I mean, no one likes to trade down at the time. Because you're like, ah, I wanted that guy. There's always someone you'll want, whether, you know, they should take him or not. And, and you know, we traded back 11 spots. And there was a, there was two or three receivers taken. There was Chase Claypool, uh, rookie. You know, he was he he's going to be a rookie for the uh, – obviously, he's going to be a rookie. But he's going to be for the uh, Steelers. Yeah, and then there was uh, Hamler. When the, when the Broncos got on the board, I knew they were going to take him. Because they had Judy already in the draft at 15th overall. And they have Cortland Sutton. So they couldn't use an outside big guy. So they, they went with K.J. Hamler. Uh, the Broncos, I mean, I thought they had an outstanding draft. I thought they really have a lot of skill position players with Judy Hamler. They got Gordon, Lindsay. I think they're stacked Noah Fant. Dude, Drew that that offense is set for the next six to eight that years. O- that offense can literally be like yeah. top five. for. I mean, it's, it's kind of like all on the I know they drafted a couple linemen too. Uh, center to place McGo- replace McGovern, who went to the Jets. So I mean, it's really like now just on the line and and Drew Locke. I mean, now we're really gonna see how good Drew Locke. Kind of, it's kind of set up like a like a Cleveland Browns thing. It's like we know the skill position players are the real deal, but we don't know exactly about the the line and the quarterback, and that's very important as we saw with the, with the Browns last year. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought the Giants did well. They got great value with McKinney. Obviously, that was a steal. And then when you think about their first pick, Andrew Thomas, very solid. Wasn't going really in many drafts, mock drafts that high. If you're the Giants, you probably wouldn't want to trade back. But I'm sure Gettleman did, and no one was biting, I would assume, because Gettleman does draft yeah, well at the top they, of the draft for the most part. They, both the Lions and Giants came out after the draft and were like, yeah, we were trying to trade back. There wasn't a single offer on the table. Yeah. So... You know, I mean, if that's the guy you want, that's the guy you want. Everyone had someone different. Some people loved Worf, some people Becton, some people Thomas, some people Jedrick Willis. You know, like we said, Jedrick Willis and Thomas are probably the more lower ceiling, probably a little more polished. And then, you know, Becton and Worfs are probably more talented. And, and, you know, I was I was very happy. I mean, obviously with the Jets, I wanted the big issue with the Jets is I wanted a receipt. I didn't want a receiver. I wanted a tackle. And, uh, you know. Joe Douglas right away when he made that pick with two tackles on the board. I mean, I thought it was a lot easier at the time, but, you know, I think we knew what we're getting with Douglas in addition to the trading back. But I'm very pumped for Becton. Makai Becton on Twitter is like electric. He's like, every pick, he's like, let's go. He's like all about the Jets. He doesn't even know anything about New York. He's like, I don't where, where is he from? The country? He's like some big. Yeah, who knows? He's probably rural Kentucky or rural like Mississippi he's, he's or some sick, shit like that. For those that. that don't know, he's sick. I'm sure you heard, but he's 6'7, 363. 330, oh, yeah. 363. He's 6'7, 363. Right. At one point, he was 390. I think when he was at uh, Louisville, he got his weight uh, down. Um, and he kept it. He's at the same exact weight as the combine. So that's, I think, telling for me because a player that big, obviously, you're worried about weight control but you know he's the same weight he's extremely fast as we saw and quick he's not a finished product but uh really excited for you know to help protect sam's blind side as for denzel mims um i think it was a really good pick once again trading back picking up extra picks is really good but i think people need to slow their brakes up on you know he's the wide receiver one now this uh you know he's gonna go at no i think mims is a little bit of a project Going against the D back D backs in, in the big in the Big Ten, um, is it the Big Ten? I always get it confused. Big Twelve, Big Twelve, Big Twelve. I always get it confused. They shouldn't have fucking did that. But the Big but. Twelve has ten teams, and the Big Ten has twelve teams. 
fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> like, like, okay, but, like, Denzel Mims, mm-hmm. his hands aren't incredible. I mean, his, his attributes, his speed, his size, 6'3", 210, uh, vertical, 38 and a half. Four three eight forty. I mean, the the it's off the charts. He's I mean, everything you want body wise in a in a number yeah. one wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he has the protocol, but he his route running is very elementary. He did run more go routes than anyone. So did Metcalf in college too, and he turned out to have a great year. But I'm I'm pumping the brakes. We got Brashard Perriman. I think is gonna have a great year. I think and uh, a new one we don't know, but we have a uh, Crowder in the slot who I love. So yeah, I mean. He's going to play, I hope, the best for him. But I don't think, you know, it's realistic to think he's going to be even our top two receiver. Hopefully he's a big red zone threat, makes big catches for us. I don't think I'm expecting more than 500 yards from Mims, though. Like, I don't, I, I think this is going to be a thing that, you know, that pays off down the road in a couple of years with him and Sam hopefully building chemistry. But I love the Ashton Davis pick. This uh, People said it was one of the steals in the draft. The safety uh, can play nickel corner out of uh, Cal. Really fast, used to be a Pac-12 sprinter, won like the 100 meter or something. The third round pick for the Jets, I don't know. I don't know enough. It's this D-end uh, from Florida last year. We did that. It was a bust. You know, he he he's has trouble staying healthy. Jets draft D-ends, it doesn't work out well. My hopes are on high. And uh, the the real pick I loved, well, two picks. Jets got the best punter in the country in the sixth round. I don't know why people don't value kicking and punting when contracts and in drafts. Not saying he drafted in a th- second or third round, but sixth round best punter. Don't even know his name, but I know we got the best one. I think he's from A and M. Um, very pumped about that. And in the fifth round, we got Bryce Hall. He was one of the best corners two years ago. From I forgot the. Oh sport. yeah, that was a steal pick, Virginia. Virginia, or yeah, Vir- Virginia. No Virginia one threw at him last year, so his numbers. You know, it's kind of like the you know the island. Like they don't. People are like, oh, like you know, they didn't really throw at him. You know, his his numbers weren't insane because people weren't throwing at him. So. Um, he has a chance to be a starting quarter corner for us opposite Desir, who we got from uh, from the Colts, who had a down year, but is is very talented as well. So, from a Jets point of view, I'm very happy with it. I'm not going to make any bold predictions, wins, whatever. Uh, we addressed the old line. We got some skill positions. We added some, and Jamal Adams leaving. We exercised his option leaving because we drafted a safety in the third round. That's ludicrous. That's not happening because it's not if he does leave or we trade him, it's not because of that. This guy can play nickel corner. He can play safety. Marcus May's contract is up next year. A lot of reasons why we did that for the Jets, and it was a smart depth move at the minimum because May's always hurt as well. Marcus May's always hurt. So, you know, anything yeah, else you want to only add? The only thing you guys, like, didn't really address was the linebackers. We have linebackers, though. We do have linebackers. I, I mean, we could have... I mean, we could have used an outside line... I guess an outside, like an edge rusher, but um, we, we have Avery Williamson and Mosley and... We're, we're we have a couple other we have a couple other guys Neville Hewitt some low key guys who have been good for us we're trying to I think shop potentially shop Avery Williamson a very good run stopper but and we got another linebacker Asawang something weird but he used to play with uh, Mosley in, in Baltimore and it's like we getting Mosley for free because he played three quarters of a game all year last year so I mean I'm definitely optimistic as a Jet fan but oh definitely I, I didn't get too. the the James Morgan pick. I thought one. I, I, I one, was working when it happened, but I mean, Jake Fromm is. Uh, Jake Fromm's on the board. I think a lot of people view Jake Fromm as a. I think he could have been a potential threat to Sam, which I don't know if that is a bad thing, but I don't think they wanted to apply that type of pressure. I guess because Jake Fromm's like a leader. He's like Jake Fromm does all the right right type of things. He's not. I don't think he's as, he's not as talented as Sam, arm talent wise, and and throwing on the run. But um, it would have been a, not a competition, but. I think they kind of just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably would have rather the better quarterback with Sam's injury history and mono history, but. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah well, I would have gone I would have gone edge there and then address. Didn't you have three fifth rounders after the Patriots trade? Uh, I thought there were fourth rounders. Maybe. Fourth it, rounders, yeah, three okay. fourth rounders. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would have gone, yeah, I I definitely gone edge a head somewhere pick in there. For, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's decent, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who knows if we, hopefully you never get the chance to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the, I thought the uh, I thought the Patriots made out pretty well. I liked um Kyle Duggar. I like that the pick for the safety, you know, with um without it's a good you could probably make an impact right away. I like how 
they traded back, then first going to go with Duggar in the first round, and I think that was the guy they wanted at that point, and then, you know, they decided we'd be able to get him at, what was it, 37 at that point was the first time they picked. Um, I yeah, thought he's, that was good. he's in Division uh, Two. They could have waited to the sixth round. Yeah, I, wait, no, was he? <laughs> no. I'm oh, saying. yeah, he was, yeah. No, no, but he, yeah, he played for that fucking um, Lenore Ryan. Lenoir Ryan, whatever it is. Yeah, it's um, not a real school. It's like South Harmon Institute of Technology. It's just dudes right, playing. Yeah. Just dudes playing yeah. in their backyard and calling it a college. Interesting going with the two tight ends in the third round. Um, Gronk and Hernandez, baby. Yeah, they, they did. Do, I was gonna say they did do that with Gronk and Hernandez. And I feel that like it's definitely down well. in a way. Like you like you like both these guys. One could get hurt. You know, tight ends a lot of injuries. Right. You know, you know, maybe he, you know, he goes on a killing spree. Yeah, kills. one one could murder three people. <laughs> yeah. You know, one, you know, so you might, yeah. you know, one could retire at twenty nine. So there's a lot of variables there with with tight. I mean, remember that tight end for the uh, the Jets, uh, Dustin Keller. He was so good, and then he got hurt, and then he like legit like he got hurt like two or three years in a row, and then nothing. Whatever happened hurt. to uh, uh, Jason Morrow? Jason Morrow. People loved him coming out of college. Loved him. Texas Tech, right? Texas Tech? I thought he would BYU. I don't know why I think that, but... I think think it's it's Texas Tech. But, um, yeah, I know. People were very high on him. I I listened to them. I said he got hurt hurt one of the years. Yeah. Yeah. Tight ends are a crapshoot, honestly. I mean, it's tough because you look at, like, Gronk's numbers in college. You can't just go by numbers. Was Texas Tech? Yeah, I don't know why like, I thought that. I know my washed up tight ends from the Jets, boy. Um, but yeah, it's it's really tough to say. I mean, it's it's more. I feel like with tight end and everything, it's like the the. It's more like the number, you know, the size they have, the the strength, yeah. or the the intangibles are more important. Of like, because a lot of tight, a lot of colleges use tight tight ends not as much in the passing game as much as in the NFL. Like they use them as blockers a lot. You know, you don't have tight ends going for a thousand yards in college and stuff like. More like even like Kittle, Kittle, he didn't. He was good, but he wasn't. Even being as good as he was in college, he was you know wasn't putting up nine hundred yard seasons. I don't think. So, you know that wasn't you know that was definitely a little. Uh, it was like doubling down, but I didn't think the Pats had a great draft compared to usually, to be honest. But you yeah, know, I'm sure I mean, a bunch of them will pan like, out. Waiting until. Uh... Waiting until the sixth round to go for an offensive tackle, I didn't really like that one. I think that's like uh, that was a major need. I thought they would have gone with that uh, a little bit sooner. Same thing with the guard they drafted. Like I kind of figured that would have been their priority. Would have been protecting the quarterback, seeing as how they've been so bad at that the last three seasons. But uh, you know, I th- whatever. I think honestly, uh, be- drafting might be the most overrated part of Belichick. His drafting resume is not yeah, that impressive, not especially no. in the earlier rounds. And it's just it, it, when you're picking nine, ten times a year in rounds four through seven, you're going to hit on two or three. And if you hit hitting on one sixth rounder is as good as hitting on three first rounders. You know, in, ter- yeah. in terms of like how it's perceived and of impressiveness, because uh, you're supposed to hit on the first rounders, and Belichick often doesn't. I mean, think about his life. Sony Michelle took a huge drop off in his second year. We don't really know on uh, Nikhil Harry, but it's not ideal that he was hurt and out. Uh, I didn't like the Nikhil Harry pick when Metcalf was there. No, I didn't like that either. I mean, I know there were questions about his route running, but still, Metcalf being the physical specimen and pairing him with, you know, Brady for what would be one year. Um, I don't know. I mean, Nikhil Harry, when it happened, I was like, Nikhil Harry? I don't know. It would see. It was like perceived as like, oh, Belichick must know something that we don't know. Yeah. But like, we always think that it just doesn't work out. Like, there's so many, oh, t- so wait, many times. Him, him during the draft thing when they like when they went to him and he was just off camera, like in the in the first round when he was trading that pick. He was um he was just oh when the camera. dog was there <laughs> yeah when the dog just sitting there but he was just like oh he probably realized he's like oh the camera's about to be in my thing he's like. I'm just gonna get up from the table and go talk on the phone over here. <laughs> yeah, he had like, he had no interest in in being involved in that whole setup. No, I, and everyone was like, everyone was like shitting on, and they're like, 
They're like, you are the greatest football coach of all time, and this is what your dining room looks like. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, but imagine like the the IT guy that gets to go sleep in a Winnebago and Bill Belichick's uh, Nantucket driveway. house driveway. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's got to be. That's a story that one person in human history is ever going to have. You know what yep. I mean? Like everyone's got crazy nights doing a lot of the same shit, but that like. That's a crazy night or a crazy experience that literally zero other people ever will have. <laughs> That's so yeah. true. That's so true. Uh, what did you think of the Giants, Dave? You thought they made out well, or yeah, I'm not. I'm not upset. I mean, look, I, I released my, I released my wish list right before the draft. I wanted Simmons. Uh, then I wanted to trade back and still get a lineman. I, the uh, it was it was Simmons or a lineman. That was a no brainer. And I get why they went with Thomas. Like I, I understand it. Uh, he was the only true left tackle starter, three year starter at over the last three years, a top five school in the nation, in the best conference in football, college in college football. Uh, so I get it. You know the other they they felt like others had more risks, and and Thomas also durable. He never missed a game his entire career. Oh wow, that's big. That's big. So. Fun fact, fun, the Giants took three offensive linemen in the first five rounds. All three of them never missed a start or a game in college. They started oh. like 53 consecutive, 48 consecutive, 44 consecutive, something like that. You know, it's good. The Giants, I think, are doing things a little backwards. I mean, I think I would have went uh, O-line, quarterback, running back, and they're going, but, you know. I'm just happy they got um, yeah. them all under one roof now. Yeah, now now they finally do. Um, you know, I'm sure Bar- Barkley appreciates it. You know, he's probably going to have a monster year. God's sake, Juan just went off at the end of the year for me. Love yeah. that guy. I'm I'm not taking anyone besides Christian McCaffrey over Saquon this year in fantasy. If I have the se- if I have the se- Saquon over McCaffrey, no, I'm saying there's no one else. I'm even listening to an argument for besides uh, C-Mac. If I have the first pick, I'm taking C-Mac. If I have the second pick, I'm taking Saquon. And I'm not thinking about it. I don't Well, who's the, who's the, who's third? It's, I, uh, I don't it even Zeke? know. Zeke probably. Uh, I know Dalvin's like fifth. Um, I can't remember, but it's probably, you know, Michael Thomas and Zeke are three and four. Oh, I thought we were just ranking the running backs. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty much all running backs, but Thomas. But um, I kind of to touch a little bit in regards to like a, I think Zeke could have a really good year. I know they lost Witten and a, and a line, and you know they lost Frederick, which hurts. But at the same time, I think C.D. Lamb's going to do a lot for their running game. I really do. Um, I mean, you're replacing Randall Cobb, who was a nice player. I mean, not what he was, but he's obviously peaked a few years ago on the Packers, but. You're replacing Randall Cobb with C.D. Lamb. I mean, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper might be the third best athlete of the three. Yeah, which is I crazy. Mean, you know, that's scary. That's that's insane. You know, obviously, Witten's a little bit of a loss blocking-wise, but Blake Jarwin's even a talented uh, receiving tight end. I, li- I like Blake Jarwin. Um, so I think, you know, Zeke's going to be seeing six, seven-man boxes a lot. Um I think we're going to see a lot more running back draws and stuff and, you know, catching them, and, you know, having the, the defense on their on their toes a lot more. I know they're normally built to run, but now they're really saying they're going to wing it with Dak. I love Dak in fantasy now. I was, I, I think Dak will have another great fantasy year. Uh, he was third or QB two or three last year. I think he'll put up – I think he'll be like the fourth quarterback this year. That's a bold statement. Well, I mean, he was second. At th- I mean, I mean, I mean, Mahomes and Lamar are one and two, and probably one of them won't live up. Probably one of them will get hurt. You have those two, Russell Wilson, and I mean, he was higher than Russell Wilson last year. I mean, he's not obviously as good, but he was this QB two or three. Like I said, it was only behind Lamar. I think so. I think he'll be fourth. Uh, maybe Murray. I think Murray is not going to perform to what people think. Maybe he's five, but uh, I I actually love. Aaron Rodgers in a big fuck you the year this year. I think I don't even if the Packers don't go far. I think they loving a Packer. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big fuck you year this year. I think Stafford's going to have a big fuck you year. I also don't hate that as long as he's I like, out. I mean, I like yo, Josh Allen a lot too this year. Matt, I think Josh Allen 
He's got his true number one in Stefan Diggs with John Brown. I like. I yeah, think yeah, I saw this take awesome. somewhere. I don't hate it. It's a very bold take. All in all, Josh Allen having a potential better fantasy season than Lamar Jackson. Based on value, I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, yeah, me too. He's always near the top 10 yeah. in fantasy last two years. He was top 10. He was 7, I think. Yeah. He was 7 or 8. He, he crept on as the – I mean, you had him, I know. Yeah, I, dra- I, mean, I drafted him as early. Two years ago. Um, but you know, he's got, he had eight, he's got 17 rushing touchdowns his first two years combined. That's, those are the numbers you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like eight, nine rushing touchdowns a year. I know get five or 600 rushing yards. That's just icing on the cake. Now he's got the wide, you know, he's got digs. Like, I think they're going to air it out more this year. The bills. I do. I think they're going to let, they're going to let Josh Allen. They're going to trust it with Josh Allen. I think we're going to see Singletary a lot. Out of the, I mean, he's going to get the ball a lot, but I think a lot of, a lot of receptions for him as well. He's got to get better on that deep ball. I think he was like 18 for 63 or something last year on throws more than 20 yards down the field. So he, Allen? Yeah, it was something atrocious like that. It was like under, yeah, I mean, under 20%. Yeah, he's got the big arm, not the, not the most accurate passer, but I mean, he had, I mean, John Brown is your number one. is pretty terrible. I mean, I know he had a good year, but John Brown is on Oh, it's on a really bad. Team. It's really bad. Yeah, I mean, but as a number two, I like John Brown as a number two. I definitely do. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Like Diggs is, Diggs is. I think Diggs can be a wide receiver one. I mean, he's going to get the looks now. I mean, they're going to they're going to feed him the ball. They're going to say, "Here you go. You want it?" Yeah, this but, he he got what he wanted. He's got yeah. no excuse not to perform now. He's got a quarterback yeah. that wants to sling it, and a quarterback that most of the time will his best choice will be to give it to you. Yeah, yeah. literally. I mean, that wasn't yeah. the case in Minnesota. Really, feeling I always thought was better. Yeah, and yeah, the, and the, just like didn't throw the ball for the first six weeks. Yeah, he's. He, I think he was like one of the lowest average they're depth a running of targets. Team. Yeah, the the, the the Vikings. You know, they're they're a running team for sure, which makes me. You know, I I have mixed feelings about Justin Jefferson in fantasy. I don't. You know, I love Justin Jefferson, but I, I'm I'm trying to. I'm still having trouble calibrating how good he's going to be this year, fantasy wise. Wide receivers are always, rookie wide receivers are always a hit and miss. Yo, there's yes, always, uh, but there are always one or two that are big hits. This year hits. was great. This year was great for rookie wide receivers. You had Metcalf. You had McLaurin. Yep. You had um, Chark wasn't a rookie. Who's the other one? Another one had a really, a really good year. I thought Chark was a rookie. No, he just played like oh. he had literally like five catches before this year. He, he might as well have been a rookie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he might as well have been a rookie. But there was one other guy who had a really good. Oh, and your your boy Giants on uh, Slayton. He had a really oh, good year. Yeah, Slayton did have a solid year. AJ Brown. Another good one. Another really good one. Yeah. And then Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. I mean that's Hollywood, a stack and Debo Samuel. Yeah, it was a stack I mean, class. Those are, I mean those guys were all fantasy relevant at one point. AJ Brown was one of the best receivers at one point. Um I mean that's that's a tough class to follow this year. So, I, I mean, I feel like it's trending. Like, you can be relevant with opportunity and a good quarterback opportunity or you're just down a ton of points. You know, you're down, you have bad defense, you're down a ton. Um, you could definitely be fantasy relevant as a, as a rookie wide receiver more than ever. I mean, I don't really know what C.D. Lamb's going to be like. I feel like I don't know how much I want to touch any three of those receivers, Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and uh, Cooper. I think it'll be like a game-to-game thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how many points can they score? I think it's going to be a great offense. I really do. I mean, how can it not be? I mean, maybe the offensive line hurts them, but I mean, there's only so many to go around with Zeke and, and you know all those all those that tree that trio. That's got to be the best trio receivers now, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Especially Tampa lost Perriman. So who's yeah. I don't even not even know who the third is in Tampa right now. I mean, you could. Yeah, I mean Gronk. You know, I guess you could yeah, say, but it's end, maybe. But we don't, we don't know. But and then another one that was really was the Texans with Stills, and but that's no more because of Hopkins and and Fuller. Fuller is the guy I'm touching fantasy. Honestly, I never, you know, I, I kind of feel like if you draft Will Fuller, you're kind of just asking for it. Yeah, he's hurt every year. It's hurt every year, every year. It's not like it's like he's like that guy. He's top 10, 12, 15 potential, but he's just. He's just always hard with that hammy. Texans are such a mess this year. I can't wait for them to blow up. 
Bill O'Brien just getting mad because he got fucked on a trade in during the draft. That was golden. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, yeah. they, like basically, they you know they got David Johnson. I get it. Like now they got Cooks. They're replacing Hopkins with Cooks. Cooks is going a little too late for my liking. I, he's like fit wide receiver forty five. I mean, he could be the wide receiver one there. Not a Cooks uh, guy. I would sure hope he's the wide receiver one there. I mean, yeah. the thing. I mean, the, the only other. You know, Stills is not a wide receiver one, but Fuller, if he's healthy, could, you know. Cooks isn't, you know, Cooks isn't, you know, the most complete wide receiver. I've never been fully sold on him. He's kind of, you know, he's a quick, twitchy guy, fast. As soon as he, like, Cooks is the, as, he's like, kind of like Sammy Watkins, but not as, as, uh. Bad. As, you know, volatile. Years before this year. He had three or four years in a row of a thousand, of 1,100 or a thousand yards. Well, I, this I. This is his first. I say that in the sense where, like, as soon as you're ready to be, like, he gets you to that point of, like, all right, uh, this guy's the real deal, and then he just disappears. Yeah. And and Sammy Watkins does the same thing, not for as long as stretches or not as consistently, but Sammy Watkins will have three or four, like, monster games over the last, you know, few years, and you're just like, all right, like, maybe he could be a really good wide receiver, too. And then he just goes dark. I wish I had Sammy Watkins in fantasy last year and just trade him after that first game because there's, like, I told people, they're, like, I'm, like, there's, like, I'm not buying the Sammy Watkins hype. And they're, like, you know, people like Ilya in our league. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Because he he won 37 points. Yeah, he had, like, 150 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. I'm, like, dude, Sammy's terrible. (laughs) I'm, like, he's terrible. I would have tried, I would have sold him for... Get a nice RB two, RB three, even out of it. Oh, just yeah. anyone that anyone that you could convince can, uh, consistently play in the flex was a good deal. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for fantasy football oh, and all these just receivers and running backs. Knock on wood that we have it. What? So let's just knock on wood that we have it on time yeah. and in live and living I color. Think, I think I think we'll be all right. I'll I'll knock on wood, but I think we'll be all right. It's baseball. Speaking of baseball, it's uh, they're thinking about playing in late June in this new three division thing potentially about Bob Nightingale writing, which is Dave's boy. He, uh, Bobby, you know, three divisions, and you just it's really be traveling in your area. And uh, it's you know, late uh, late June or early July second latest they're saying, and you know it's it's the big. Caveat is they need they need uh, expansion of testing, but hopefully if we can get there, you know there's so many. I mean it's you know it's obviously an idea. It's not nothing's finite with baseball, but it really looks like we're gonna have a baseball season, or they're gonna try to have one, um, you know, in late late Juneish, early July, and that's that's very exciting. That's only about two months away. Yeah, let's let's really hope that happens. I would be a fan. Of that. I'm pretty confident. I am pretty confident. I don't know if we're gonna finish the year. I mean, I because we don't. No way to predict this shit, but um, not. But I mean, what happens if if? But the thing is, if someone gets, um, you know, gets it in baseball, you know, I mean, I guess you're you're not really directly contacting other people, but how are they going to interpret that? Like, like if you're literally just like, let's say you go over four and you're just in left field all day, like you I mean, I guess you're touching the ball. Can you pass it with the ball? I don't I know. Mean, you, I would assume use a so. New ball, you use a new ball every play, honestly. Yeah. But, but the, yeah, they use, don't they use something like 300 balls a game? Some crazy it's, number it's like that? It's yeah, absolutely a waste of baseballs. Yeah. What happens to all those baseballs? I don't know. I got one of them once from a game. So one, uh, some one of the Mets threw it, threw, it to, threw it in like eight, nine, ten years ago. Threw it and it like everyone went for it and like pre-game warm-ups and it dropped on the ground I just picked it up <laughs> they should do like what Dunkin Donuts does at the end of the night like with the homeless people just the donuts they're gonna throw away and you know the baseballs <laughs> they're gonna throw away just give them to the kids like have ticket agents standing at the gates as the people right. filter out you make a kid's fucking day I, I never got a ball when them, I was though. a kid. I think they reuse them though I think they, I would I hope think so. they, uh, I think they like you know they they clean them up and they they reuse them. I think that's what it is. It's I mean, got to be like, nothing. But that's what I'm saying. Like we're talking 400 or 300 times 162 games. Where the hell well, are this thousands of baseballs? 300 times 15 because there's 15 games times 162 or 15. I'm, games, yeah, I'm saying just like you as a respective or franchise organization. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm saying then it's yeah. And then you multiply that by thirty-two or or fifteen. You're right because it's a, a one game. 
Um, right. Yeah, that's. I mean, there, there's no way like they go three hundred times fifteen times uh, one sixty two. It's a seven hundred twenty nine thousand balls. Gee, I mean, every <laughs> year three quarters of a million balls potentially. Yeah, I think they reuse them though. I think they they have some sort of machine they put like maybe like a golf ball where you clean your golf ball off. Maybe. What is that golf ball thing called anyway? What is that? Uh, is ball, ball wash. Just a ball washer, yeah. There's but, one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, kind of like uh, I forget what it is. I'm I'm like embarrassed to say I don't know, but there's one brand that like has become like kind of like chapstick, where it's like their name, the name of the company is like what people call it because they make all of them. Um, it'll come to me at some point, but yeah, it's, uh, ball wash is what all I'm got right now. Yeah. I mean, um, speaking of ball wash, how about this, uh, Michael Jordan documentary? Oh, well, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Dude. I personally liked the second two episodes better because I love Dennis Rodman. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Dennis Rodman. Rodman was another. He might be the most outlandish or outrageous athlete in the history of athletes. And he might be the most underrated athlete in the history of athletes. He, he had was 18 so and a, 18.8, I think, rebounds. He, had, he led the league in rebounding pretty much every year. 18.8 rebounds in a year once. And he's not a big guy. Dennis Rodman's like 6'8, 220. He was just like the feistiest defender. The feistiest. Uh, oh. No one played harder than Rodman. I don't think the entire NBA history. I don't. I don't think I can think of a name. I mean, obviously, someone like you know, I don't think he's on that level. But a Pat Beverly's up there, honestly, with his yeah. effort that he plays with. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Pat Beverly's effort and willingness, and just you know, similar type of. You know, what I mean, he obviously don't want to disrespect Rodman, but you know, just that psycho. Just I'm gonna. Will my way and just, but Rodman was a, was a, was a smart guy. Let's not like the way he would just study shots, people just shooting. I didn't know that he would just study how the ball and how certain players, the spin they had and how the ball would where it would go routinely. I mean, you're playing with those guys all the way. You know, might as well know where it's going to hit or if they're missed, where they often miss, where it's going to go based on the spin and everything. Smart guy. A lot of people, I mean, you obviously, we all try to do that when we're boxing out. You try to box out the guy, but you, if, if you can go to the place, fuck boxing out the guy if you want, if you know where the ball is going to go. Not that he didn't box out, but it's really, really just an incredible craft that he had for the, for the, uh, knack of rebounding. It's just, someone who is not a very skilled basketball player and my best asset is rebounding. I completely admire the the just tenacity and just will. I mean, you see that one picture of him just diving out completely 180, completely flat, like a pro oh, track. Yeah. Like just just like oh my god, he he was a sick son of a bitch. And honestly, he does he did get a bad rap, and he was obviously he had an attitude, and you know, there's people that are like he was one of the most genuine nice guys I've ever like covered. A lot of people really like really did like him. I mean, obviously a lot of people with the media didn't like him, but there's certain people that are like, I've had nothing but great conversations with Dennis Rodman. He just didn't like the bullshit. He didn't like the fucking repetitive questions. He didn't like, you know, be asked, is this Jordan's last game? You know what I mean? Things you got to deal with, but, you know, some people, I mean, I don't think Rodman's as bad. I mean, you know, he's obviously a weird guy. He has some sort of relationship with, you know, the NK dictator who, who knows the fuck his status right now. He's definitely out there. But his hair was crazy. Imagine going against someone with that hair. That was part oh, of his so, that was part of him. You know, that was, that was part like, of the mantra. I mean, yeah, I mean the I mean Carmen Electra, I mean he's just Yeah, and the story about him that came out after that she told after that the other day about how I don't they, know if we could, we could talk about that. Just, yeah. They uh, let's just say they engaged in some extracurriculars, uh on, all, on the court, all over Every, the all over the Bulls facility. Yeah, that was like bold of her to say that. That was yeah. kind of crazy. I mean, what? I mean, what is? What is? I mean, what's what's gonna happen now? What? what she's oh, listen. She's grabbing her fifteen seconds of fame again. She was like yeah. one of the hottest girls ever. Because there's a ever. whole generation who doesn't Carmen understand who Carmen now, like I know. Is. How old is she? she she's forty eight, and she looks like she's twenty eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we need, is, we need she, to we need to make Carmen Electra great again. 
because that's what she, she's doing. She's getting her resurgence. She's due her fame again. Oh I am God. I am on board the get Carmen Electra famous again. She looks like she's twenty eight. She looks so damn good. Yeah, that's that's not fair. I mean, people like talk about like Jennifer Aniston how great she looks. And, I mean, you know, there's there's better ones out there. I think she just seems like a really cool girl. Like like J Lo and and Carmen Electra. That's where it's at. That's where we're at. That's where I'm at at least. I don't know about some other people. You could have fun with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I'll take. I'm going, I'm going with Carmen Electra and J-Lo. And Carmen Electra, like, yep. good Absolutely God. Absolutely, Carmen Electra, those, those um, you know. <laughs> uh, how, how about the it making uh, the Pistons looking real bad? Oh, looking that's so bad. That's something we definitely okay. have to touch upon, for that's sure. In, I mean. That's in the Bad Boys documentary. Like, they talk about them walking out, and they all yeah. kind of, like, in that documentary, even all the Pistons were like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that, but fuck them. Like, yeah, whatever. they obviously control then, the narrative a little more than that because it's about them. And this yeah. time, it's you know, it's 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 yeah. the other you know, it's the other side around. And Jordan's like, they, Isaiah's like with that smile. He's like, people just didn't do that back then. And you look at the film, it's like Michael Jordan's like bullshit. <laughs> I literally yeah, shook their hands every year. I lost them before. You can look at the tape. Yeah, that didn't. Uh, Jordan's face is fucking priceless. It's already a meme. His face when he's watching Isaiah Thomas trying yeah, to explain like, himself. Yeah. yeah, Isaiah Thomas is such a obviously just tremendous. He was a tremendous player, athlete, terrible GM. He's got a lot of different qualities about him, but he's such a he's that like smirky little motherfucker that has that 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 smile that lights up a room, the magic smile, and he gets away with everything. He's that kid in class gets away with everything. He's like, yeah, he really he's is. Just, he's a suck up. He's a suck up. But he 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 gets a, he gets by gets away with fucking everything. And if you're in that class, you fucking hate that motherfucker. Yeah, he's the, Everyone I, knows who that is. Isaiah Thomas. That's Isaiah Thomas. Ever since he ever since he retired from actually playing, he is the definition of snake it till you make it. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I yep. he first, he yep. should be the I mean, poster and, child for it. I mean, and like, and 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 sometimes I get caught up in it. Like he's just he's just smiling. Like he's just. Talking positively, like this, that, he's so like, it's just great too. for the game. I love it. This, that, and it's like, oh shit, you almost had me <laughs> with yeah. your smile, you <laughs> slime dog, yeah, you yeah. Almost, you almost, like, fucking yeah, snake. He's he, he's he's definitely he's definitely knows what he's doing. He's definitely smart, but um, you know, Larry Bird did do it to them, but I mean, he, you know, Jordan, what did he lose? Two or three years in a row to them? Was it three? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, you got to do that. I mean, I mean, we've all been there. I mean, there's certain people that don't deem that respect. Certain people we've went against in lives, probably. I'm sure we've seen professionally, but Jordan the Bulls is not the case. They're yeah. not the case. They're not the people we disrespect. I mean, every time I lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, I was there shaking a hand. Yeah, congratulating my too. winners. I was too. I was. I was there as well. I mean, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he tries to, you know, slither his way out of that. Ah, suck it, dude. Yeah, it was, but. And then um, he did the whole, he did the whole PR ESPN tour the next day. He's conveniently booked on Get Up, on First Take. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't, I'm sure he didn't see what was coming in that beforehand. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah, some interesting things I found out. I didn't know he was, uh, head of the Players Association or the president of the Players Association for Eight, seven or eight years in a row, I didn't know that. I really, I was like, that's crazy. Because he was like, the players that didn't want me on the uh, Olympic team, he's like, you know, they voted me. And it's like, well, you know, there's a few players that didn't want him on. And a couple that made it public. Um, I mean, There's also I mean, 450 you know, players in the NBA compared to, what, yeah. 14 on the Olympic team? 12? Yeah. No, but he said it was unanimous, though. But I don't know how many votes is it one team of one team gets a vote, but it was unanimous apparently, or so he said. He said it was. I mean, I. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he was probably like, like good at his job. You know, I'm sure he was. You know, he was. He was a slimy motherfucker. He like he helped get them. You know, he's someone you want. Like, yeah, he's the guy you want in contract negotiations. Yeah, like he is the. Not everyone um, loves Chris Paul nowadays, but like Chris Paul, like. Chris Paul's a smart guy. Like Chris Paul knows what he's doing. Like, like Chris Isaiah Paul, Thomas like is the Jimmy Hoffa of the NBA Players Association. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Well, well, I, thought, I so, liked the Phil Jackson part too. I did. I, I liked Phil Jackson. I mean, Dave, you definitely know a lot more about Phil Jackson than me. I mean, he's basically a comrade of yours over the years. Yeah, well, uh, I've, I've broke. I haven't broken bread with him, but I've I've met him. Um, we have a we had a close personal mutual friend. Um, so every once when he was with New York, I'd get tidbits. He passed away, oh, right? I forgot yeah. about this. I yeah. forgot about that. The first He's time I also in a fraternity, which is pretty fucking cool to be honest. I, yeah, not to be is like he? frat guys, but like it's pretty cool. Like, wait, is he really? Yeah, I gave yeah, him, I gave dude, him the grip on him. I know that. He's like the best oh. person. He's like one of the top guys, Phil I, Jackson. I gave him the grip when I met him. He gave, he gave him the oh, grip. Shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Was oh. he like? Was he like shocked when you did that? A little bit. He didn't. He didn't like get it at first. I had to like say. I said as I was, I said as I was going to shake him, or shake his hand. I was like, you know, hey, we're also like fraternity brothers. No, you're, you know, um, and he got it after that. Uh, but it was like kind of one fluid motion, so it wasn't like I, I tried and then he didn't get it, and then I like explained it to him. It was like oh. I kind of was saying it as I went up to him, and so it wasn't awkward. Happened. No, it was not awkward at all, and he was he was pretty nice. I, I mean, I didn't talk to him long. I talked to him for maybe five minutes at most. You know, four or five minutes. Five minutes? I didn't even know it was that long. Good for you. What'd you talk about? Five basketball? minutes with Phil Jackson. Yeah, uh, a little bit about basketball. It was, uh. Yeah, different. It was a somber occasion. Yeah, it was literally at a funeral. Um, yeah, so we, I mean, we did talk about, you know, why we were there for a bit, uh, the reason why we were there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't. It was either, I think it was right after he got fired from the Knicks. Maybe like, uh,. I don't know, within a couple months of him being fired from the Knicks. Uh, so, you know, he was still living in New York and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, we, I, I didn't also didn't want to, like, bring up, like, hey, the hell, man. You know, <laughs> like, I, I couldn't, it wasn't really a situation where I could, like, really hit him with any, any questions. Uh, <laughs> one, because he just got fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah, two, like, it was where we were. I wasn't about to, you know... So you'll never meet him, him again, unfortunately, right? Uh yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no longer connection where I could just say, "Hey, like, you know, where's he going to be, or what, what you guys doing something?" You know, like, there's no, we don't have that connection anymore, obviously. Um, so I would, you know, not saying I'll never meet him again, but it, it won't be, it won't be able to be like organized. It'll be by chance. He was such a genius. He was such a basketball genius with yeah. the triangle. I wish, like you said, Dave, I wish they went into the triangle more. Like, they talked about it for, like, a minute. Yeah, I got really excited when Phil started to talk about the triangle because it's just, that's, you know, I've talked about it with you guys. It's such a gripe of mine over the years. Like, the people who are knocking the triangle are, you know, they saw, like, him try and institute it with, you know, Kurt Rambis on the Knicks and as a GM. And it's just, people don't realize what the triangle is. So many people that knock the triangle just... If you sat them down and go, okay, go ahead, explain to me the most basic principles of how the triangle offense works. Give me three bullet points. They wouldn't be able to do it. And I'm talking about right. even even writers that write about, like yeah. employed writers for reputable sports organizations and media companies. Yeah. They just they wouldn't be able to do it. But they're ready. They're the first ones to knock Phil for yeah. you know running the triangle you, and trying you to definitely institute need the triangle. The personnel. You definitely need uh, you need chemistry and continuity. I mean, you need people understanding it. Like you need absolutely. buying in. You need all those things. You absolutely do. You definitely need yeah. buying and in. But like, like at the end of the like, day, what is it? It's it's every pass sets up thirty three different potential yeah. things. Yeah. So essentially, every you kind of get in your the triangle is can be you know rotate. It's all about rotations yeah. and. Whereas most offenses will have a set way they're going to run and expect the defense to react to them, the the whole basis of the triangle is that with every movement and rotation or pass, it opens up a hole in the defense, and every pass and rotation in the triangle opens up multiple holes based on the defense lagging behind the offense. So there's no set play. You're not, not like, well, hey, I'm giving it to the corner guy. Then we got to wait for the wing to make his cut around the, the pick at the free throw line. It's, yeah. I got it in the corner. Now this rotation's happening. This other rotation's happening. I have this pass, that pass, or that pass. And it's all about which way the defense breaks down. So by ve- by its very definition... If run properly, the triangle is quite literally unstoppable because it only it moves only to the defense's weakest point. 
at every yeah. point, at every turn, as opposed to just kind of going with the, the philosophy of the offense and having a certain cut that's going to happen or a certain player that's got to get the ball in this spot. There's just yeah. so many options that, and it, it, like they said, it took about a year, 18 months to be for them to really get it and, and learn yeah. how to run it properly. But then when that, when that happened, they were, they were unstoppable. They, yeah. You know? Jordan didn't, you know, Jordan didn't seem really to buy in at first because, you know, he, I mean, Jordan with, with, uh, under Doug Collins, he's like, you know, we're going to win 95 to 92 and we're going to score 42 points. And now not that Jordan wasn't a great scorer, but he wanted the ball in his hands. He wanted control of the game because he was the best player on the planet. Now he doesn't want, you know, the ball on Dennis Rodman or someone else's hands with four seconds to go and putting up a fadeaway jumper. He wants the ball in his hands or he wants, you know, Steve Kerr to have a good shot. He wants the ball in Pippen's hands, you know, and, and, you know, like you said, the, the triangle is dictating to what the defense gives you. So, it, you know, it's not always going to be Jordan with the best matchup or the, in the best position to, to, to for him to receive the pass. And, you know, it's going to be someone else a lot of times. So. And think about how many non like everyone knows the famous Jordan shots. We've all seen every game winner by Jordan ever. But think about people don't realize how many game winners, especially in that second three-peat, there were by other people. That we don't like Paxson, Paxson Kukoc, yeah. Kerr, all yeah. those guys had even even the double nickel game. Everyone they got triple team of Jordan. He dishes it off for the game winner, a layup by Bill Winnington. Who's ever going to see that Bill coming? Winnington. You know the, the Garden. Everyone thinks that Jordan shooting. It's it was you know that was Jordan buying in was the the key, and they you know they talked about that. But you know that that's yeah. Back to the triangle. It's just it's disappointing when people don't understand how how amazing of a coach phil was i mean you could argue he's the best coach in nba history he would probably be my pick yeah no yeah, yeah i mean yeah for sure. he had 20 seasons all 20 winning records you know and what how many three, three, what did he win beats, 11 three three beats three three beats and what 11 titles yeah 11 yeah. 11 11 rings so literally more than half half the years he he played he he won and two as a player with the knicks so yeah, I, crazy. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was it. Was a, the last dance is going to be? It's not. We're not going to be able to get enough of it. Every week, it's going to yeah, get bigger awesome. and bigger. It's it's so good that yeah, and it's like it's like ramping up. Like it's really like now. Like we know the players. Like now, like we're going to hear about all the drama. We're gonna. I hope. I hope they do a gambling episode. I really hope they do a gambling episode about Jordan. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the last like three or four episodes are going to be really geared towards the actual 97, 98 season because they're really talking. You notice at while every episode is like about seems to be about a player or a certain angle. It is mm-hmm. all at the end game of showing how they arrived and what the feeling was around them and how they were doing heading into that right. 97, 98 season. All of those right. end up, still at the same place of, yep, we're back in the 97-98 season, like getting ready to go for the title. We're in, you know, right. we're in the middle of the season. All of them have ended up at that same spot. So I think it's just like all of this lost footage that we're getting bits and pieces of about that season is really, because a lot of this footage we're getting is just normal footage that's been out there, you know? It's not yep. like necessarily proprietary footage, but what the the camera crew really got is during that 97-98 season. So I feel like we've only gotten bits and pieces of the true never-before-and-seen footage that we that they've been touting for so long. Right, right. So yeah, I know, yeah it'll, be, it'll be good when we get to that. Cause yeah, the first episode was pretty... There was like a decent amount. There's probably 20 minutes of it that was all like in 97, like before the season, yeah. setting it up. And then, yeah, now they've kind of gone away. And then like all the episodes at the end, they, yeah, they do come back to it. But yeah, no, I've been, I've been loving that. I can't wait for the next two. Are they, they're doing two every week for the next. Yeah. Five weeks total, two every five week. Yeah, three more yeah. weeks. What a great way to get through the next sports. Just giving yeah, us an definitely. awesome And that hopefully game. will take us to what? Three more weeks. We got one, two. You know, May May seventeenth, and then hopefully we have one more month till baseball. So, you know, give or yeah. take. Hopefully, and who hopefully knows? I mean, the, who knows if the NBA draft still happens? That'll be a nice thing. Same right around the start of baseball. I think it's like the twenty second or twenty third of June, something like that. That's true. Yeah, that would be right right before hopefully an idealistic baseball start. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, and then we have uh, just one more thing. The sad news that our, our man Jay Cutler and uh, Kristen Cavallari yeah. are getting divorced. That's a, it's a bummer, man. Yeah, as someone who's watched Barry Cavallari, and, and trust me, it, it, it is it is great to see Jay Cutler just absolutely not give one fuck. It really, it really isn't a big shock to me that they're getting divorced. Because <laughs> she just wants, if anyone, you know, she's absolutely the most gorgeous girl. I love her. Um, she has all these companies, clothing line, jewelry line, does all this shit, uh, recipe, uh, cookbooks, you know, she's, she's thriving right now. And she's like, Jay, you want to like, you know, what do you want to like do? Like, what do you want to do? And he'll be like, yeah, work. Be like, that's like the opposite of what I want to do right now. <laughs> it's just so funny. He's so sarcastic and dry. And he'll just oh, be yeah. like, no, really. He'd be like, I just, I just. I can't contain myself. You might as well call her. Like, I, I can't contain myself right now. Just do it. Like, he absolutely is so funny and, like, the most typical, like, Jay Cutler dickish. And it seemed like they did get along, though. It seemed like it seemed like it worked. But apparently, from what I'm hearing, there was no cheating. They're just, you know, Jay wants to chill. She wants to be a go-getter right now because she was always, like, the house mom when he was obviously playing and shit. And now the now the roles are reversed, and she wants Jay wants to chill and chill on his hundred and twenty million, and she wants to, you know, be a go getter and and do her businesses. So, you know, it's it, it's definitely sad. They looked like they did get along, and like it was fun from what I saw. But um, but then again, yeah, it's and it's good. It's it doesn't look like it's too pretty. It looks like they're they're fighting over custody now. It's it's, it's not great. Yeah, it does, you know the, the Instagram post doesn't match the TMZ report. No, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, like, like like she wants, you know, because she's thinking about going back to L.A. and he they live in Nashville. He live, I think he owns that house in Nashville. So that's where I think it becomes a thing because she wants to take the kids with her to L.A. You can't really do joint custody if you're going to be living on opposite opposite sides of the country. Kind of hard to do, and it's really fair on the kids to fly the kids back and forth. I mean, you know, so. I'm sure, like most cases, she'll probably win, and you know, Jay will probably get the short end of the stick. Um, and he didn't seem like a, he seemed like a really good dad, honestly, from what I saw. But, um, yeah, usually the women obviously usually win those, those battles for the most part. So sucks. Yeah. Yeah, they have three kids, seven, five, and four. So, uh, definitely sad for the kids. Yeah. For the most yeah, part. For but, sure. but, you know, but Jay Cutler, I mean, at this point, it's what is Jay Cutler's next move? What is he gonna one up her somehow? I mean, he's about to go on a Leo level binge. Of yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. I hopefully mean, he doesn't get for, the so he can I don't even think he's wants. the best looking guy in the world. Like he's like decent looking. Like he's definitely like above average look wise. Just her his persona and the fact his ex is that hot absolutely pays huge dividends off for him. It's like wow, yes. Kristen was his. Kristen was his. Was with him for ten years. Like I gotta see. I gotta get a piece. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I gotta I know what she was. I gotta see what I, I was gotta missing. Know what's it? What is it? This under this six four two forty bod. I gotta see what's going on here. Like he is like, but he. I think also he has going for him that he just doesn't give a fuck. Like no, people love no, that. That's his. That's his dating advice for men. He goes. He, he is my. He goes. Like this is my only advice for like date like men trying to like sleep with girls or date or whatever. He goes, just don't care. He literally says he just don't don't give a shit. He goes, just don't care. He made just that cool. He made that show. It was he made it watch. Like guys aren't gonna watch you know you girls reality show? show. I watch when he's in in it. I, I yeah, I've seen like the best moments of Jay Cutler yeah. on the show. Yeah, he's the like, best moments is absolutely. There's one point. There's one point where they're like in the canal and they're you know they're going you know. And, uh, like, he ta- has, takes his phone out and puts it, like, in his pocket and completely misses. He goes, just drop my phone in the water. She goes, oh, no. She goes, you're going to get it? You can use the truck. He goes, no, I don't care. <laughs> he goes, she goes, oh, my God, you're not going to get your phone? It's at the bottom of it. You can totally get it. He goes, nope. Nope, I'll just get a new one. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's so funny. I absolutely lost so it. Or, or when she asks him, she's like, you know, what are you going to do today? You know, he's like, you know, dropped off the kids. Now, uh, you know, I'm going to pick up the kids at 2.30, and uh, she goes, Not- nothing, you have nothing else to do. He goes, I like to keep my day, you know, pretty clean, you know, and, you know, pretty clear in case anything pops up, you know? <laughs> like keep- I'm like, fucking Christ, Jay so Cutler. Funny. I need more Jay Cutler, though. That's the that's what we're going to finish. Is I need Jay Cutler on TV still in some capacity. Yeah, we need to and figure out a reality show for him. That's a big blow to that. 
So yeah, we, we definitely do need to figure out how to get him on TV. We're going to get on that and we're going to report back next week. That'll be our thing. We'll come back with Jay Cutler ideas, how to keep him on TV. We'll come up with pilots that Jay Cutler could star in. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, until then, uh, follow us on all the socials, follow uh, at Bleacher Banter uh, on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast. Follow Bleacher Fan. Uh, go check out the store. Uh, bleacherfan.com check out all the merch we have there all the team merch all the bleacher fan merch great stuff i got my sweatshirt it's awesome love it go get that help us um and we will be back next week for another episode